Hello, welcome to another Robinson Ralph broadcast. There's there's me here as usual, and we've got Sam Higgins. Hello there. And we've got Mr. David, uh, call me Dave Silito. Hello, everybody, and hello from my beard, which didn't get any recognition in that introduction. But, oh, um, I, I apologise. I apologise for unreservedly, <laughs> but it's not just us three today. We've actually got a touch of class with us today. Somebody who by all objective measurements, is slumming it with us three today, is Anne Frank, OBE, and Anne is the Chief Executive at the Chartered Management Institute. So, so um, Anne, really, why on earth are you bothering to join us today, really? <laughs> you, must, you must have so much better, better things, things to do. <laughs> what, what, are the kind of, what are the kind of concerns that you're getting um, from, from managers in this whole COVID-19 crisis? Well, I think, um, and, and thank you, Simon, and I joined you because you asked. Um, and, uh, that, it's as simple as that. And I believe in, in you know, uh, sharing experiences. It's very good that we communicate with each other. And that's particularly true in a crisis. So um, the, the, the main things for managers and leaders um, at this time are simply to recognize, firstly, we are in a crisis. Uh, so, you know, don't feel ashamed about calling it that it is what it is and I encourage people to recognize that um, and secondly it's having a huge impact on uh, people's uh, uh, working habits right the fact that we are all now working from home uh, you have uh, added some very colorful backgrounds which those on the podcast will not be able to see so you've added your stamp to things I see a beach I see some northern lights uh, but we see a lot of um, bookcases and uh, closets um, and, you know, children and dogs. And, um, and we are getting to know our, each other in ways that we didn't. But that brings its own challenges. And um, certainly being virtually visible and communicating well with your team is one clear um, aspect of this crisis that really does need managing. And you know, we can talk about what are some of the top tips for that. The second thing that is very clear in this crisis is everybody is anxious. So, so you know, there is anxiety around physical health for oneself and one's loved ones. As we know, the prime minister is in intensive care with this disease. Uh, there's anxiety about financial health. So many people are furloughed or are fearful for losing their jobs and livelihoods or or their partners have have that um, and we're cooped up right we can't go out we can't live life as normal so managing mental health needs to be a, a true priority yeah. uh, for everybody and and the third thing i would say and this builds on those first two points is this is a time where we really do need to show empathy and to lead from the human side and so when i hear as I do, unfortunately, of um, colleagues who get text messages from their CEO saying, you know, you're fired. This is absolutely how not to do it. Yeah. Um, so, so I think those are the three main points. Are there still people firing by text message? That is incredible that people think that's acceptable. Yes, uh, I, uh, we have heard of instances where that has happened. Um, we have also um, seen uh, uh, and, and read about instances where workforces are fired by Zoom. Um, we're on Zoom now, 
right? Yeah. Hey, you're all fired. Just kidding. Um, but you know, that's that's so there's there's real lessons in how not to do it very actively still circulating around. Um and um yeah. and, and that is a shame. <clears throat> I think well, there's I quite a few companies that have made some errors, haven't they? I was reading about Waitrose this morning, it was saying the staff who we're self-isolating, we're going to have to work back those hours. So effectively um, work doubly hard for the same pay once they return. Um, now they've, Waitrose have recently, uh, as of yesterday, reversed that decision. So I think you know, employers are having to make a lot of difficult decisions in a very, very pressured environment and an environment that's changing all the time, isn't it? And I think, um, you know, whilst we can recognize the situations where employers have acted um, perhaps badly uh, we should also recognize situations where employers have uh, changed their positions um, and, and, and recognize that they've made mistakes as well um, and you know, it's not too late is it to change your mind and, um, and rectify past mistakes usually well that's an excellent point and in fact um, that brings up another aspect of this crisis is agility so we are making decisions um, at record pace, we're moving much faster. And as you said, um, uh, Dave, they don't always get them right. And actually, it's there are there are instances where uh, employers have responded to pressure and have realized, oh, I got that wrong, and I'm I'm going to change that decision. Uh, you mentioned one. Um, there are there are others. Uh, Waterstones shut their stores in response to employee pressure about the lack of protective equipment um, for their staff. And you know, we will make mistakes in our decision making. So, cutting each other some slack um, is 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 another hallmark of this crisis. Yeah, as we admit our mistakes. Yeah, I think I think so. And I think what what we've been saying to clients, and I'm guessing what every decent solicitor has been saying to their clients is, you you've got to look at your communication and the decisions you're making. Your your audience aren't just your employees, which is a big audience and an important audience. It's also also the world at large now, given social media, and this kind of effect on your reputation and how you do business and people who want to work with you going forward. It's this is almost um, this is showing the people who've got integrity and the people who who haven't, isn't it? The reaction. I think that's an excellent point. So um, this is all about our values, right? Yeah. So our values are under a, a huge test, and companies that do put um, a rounded view of stakeholders first. So not just making decisions that uh, in terms of how they will impact uh, uh, shareholders and the financial community, but making decisions on how uh, customers will be impacted, suppliers will be impacted, um, employees um, and communities, that is very important at this time. And, and taking that rounded view and companies that do that and reflect a greater sense of purpose and a very tangible sense of integrity and, and the right values, doing the right thing, will come out of this crisis with their reputations far more intact than companies that don't observe that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think the, the position we've always said to clients, even before this, but it's, I think it's doubly important now, is treat people like you would want to be treated. Um, the golden rule. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's and it's and I think it's 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 so easy to make these decisions as employers and forget that it's human beings at the other end of your decisions, and um 
And, and I think that ability to admit and say we've made mistakes or we're reacting to the new changes in the government guidance or the clarification is key, not kind of not trying to hold the line at a poor decision and justify it. Just say you got it wrong, move on. That is the worst thing that you can do. And you know, we are as leaders and managers also vulnerable and our people need to see that uh, vulnerability builds trust. And when you refuse to admit your mistakes um, you, and your vulnerability, you undermine trust. And again, it's vitally important for everybody, for leaders, managers, uh, whether you're leading an organization or a team that we keep the trust of our people at this really important time. Can I just, um, sorry to interrupt, can I just ask by the way, because just when I've been uh, speaking to people generally since this whole crisis started, um, there's a lot of talk from people who think that this whole situation is going to change the way that people now work in the future. There may be some companies or organisations who've you know, had to make staff work from home and obviously there'll be a financial impact on that. Some industries will really suffer, but some may see you know, costs come down and things like that. And, and, and some may think, well, maybe we want to do more of this in the future. And going to the points that we're raising about, you know, employees, employees' well-being and, and mental health, I just wonder what, I mean, what do we think? Do we, do we think that this kind of thing will become more regular, crisis or no crisis? Because I, I think it's probably left a, a blueprint for things to come. I think you're absolutely right. This will change the way we work forever. This is already, and you've cited it, had a huge impact on uh, working from home and its acceptance. So pre-COVID, there was a prevailing opinion of many employers that, oh, you can't work from home, that's just an excuse for skiving. Suddenly, everybody is in the same boat. All of those people themselves are now, many of them, working from home, and they see that, you know, it's actually possible I don't have to move my people around as much as I used to. We don't have to have those big, large meetings face-to-face. -face. We can be more agile and spend less time and money um, and get things done. And actually, uh, uh, one of the senior, um, well, the uh, vice air marshal for the MOD in charge of their leadership training, he was saying that on um, our, our weekly webinar, that it's changing the way the MOD is thinking about those sorts of things. So. It really is having an impact and there are some positives and certainly that is one that 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 it will become more commonplace yeah, yeah and I, I gotta say I've always had a problem with managers who've said that working from home is skiving I've always thought that was a reflection on weak management because why are you hiring people who you don't trust exactly and it's, it's always seemed to be pretty and the other thing the other people I think who benefited that's not the right word but it is because uh, I can't think of a better one who benefited from this is HR because it seems to me HR, which has perhaps always previously been seen or has been seen by a large part of businesses as nothing more than fun blockers um, uh, or, or roadblocks to business, have actually now got a seat at the top table because they're the only ones who can really guide businesses through this crisis. Is that something you're seeing as well? Well, I think, um, uh, and this is no disrespect to HR, I have a huge amount of respect for many HR, most HR professionals, but I do think that the way in which we need to lead and manage is everybody's job, not just the HR professionals. If you are a line manager, it doesn't matter what function you are, you could be in finance, sales, IT, you could be the CEO, you could be in HR. Yeah. The 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 observations that we talked about at the beginning about how you need to behave in this crisis still apply. 
right? And, and that is every line manager's responsibility. And HR, of course, can help guide that and amplify it, but it is down to everybody in the organization uh, to be mindful of how we need to work in this crisis. Yeah, yeah, that's excellent advice. And if I just come back to the point that we touched on earlier. So we've been um, talking, obviously, with, with employers about furloughing staff, and we've been talking about the importance of ensuring that those staff don't um, actually do any work because that undermines the um, job retention scheme. Um, how, what, what are your sort of tips for making sure that staff who aren't working and are sent home and uh, sort of separated from the business to a large degree are, are kept in the loop and um, communicated with about develop, developments within the business? Yeah, it's a tough um, situation, isn't it, David? And, and indeed, the government guidance on furloughing is still evolving and, and um, you know, they, they do keep tweaking it. Um, I completely understand the guidance that employees don't work because that's the spirit of the furlough, right? Um, but there is a duty of care for employers to maintain some communication with those employees. Absolutely. What is, what is vital is that they're not generating revenue for the employer. Um, but that doesn't mean that the employer can't um, uh, communicate with them. And I think it's very important that they do, that they do share, um, you know, um, a, a business um, update via um, the, the, the usual means, maybe an email. I think it's important that the, the line manager, again, of the staff that, who are furloughed, um, just, you know, check in. It doesn't need to be, have you done that project? Because that's yeah. not allowed, but it can yeah. be, um, you know, I'm just checking in to see how you're doing. Uh, I, th I think that's very important, and my hope is that the government guidance makes it clear that it is okay to do that, because that is about managing the mental health um, of the furloughed employees. They are not banished. They're simply yeah. um, furloughed because the employer can no longer afford to pay them, and the government is helping out. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think the guidance does make that ex expressly clear, like many issues the, the guidance doesn't doesn't cover it and doesn't explain it fully but i think that's absolutely right the guidance certainly doesn't prevent employers from from supporting employees mental health in that way i think what will happen is as the guidance we're seeing on almost what it's we've had one revision last week we'll probably get another revision they're always a no criticism of them they're making this up as they go along exactly. in a way and no doubt they'll be getting feedback from um leaders in business such as yourself to say the risk of cutting people's ties to the business they think it's an excuse or they forget because everything's been so transactional today in the last few weeks they forget about the severe impact of people who are home on less pay worried about their bills not meeting their colleagues perhaps not with a family so they're isolated all these mental health worries need to be borne in mind have you got any top tips for employers about what they can do to ease those mental health concerns well communication is yeah. um you know talking right so this is the main um, aspect of this crisis that remains very important. So um, using virtual means or telephone to just check in and say, hi, um, you know, how are you feeling? What are you doing to look after yourself is so important. And that does need to be permitted in this guidance because otherwise those furloughed employees will feel cut off from the business and um, they will lose their sense of belonging and they will uh, that will increase their anxiety and uh, and and actually 
could damage the trust in their employer uh, when after all, this whole furlough program is designed as a job preservation mechanism. It's supposed to help the business and help the employee to keep their job. A hundred percent. And I think that's, that's key, especially if there's employees who've got known mental health issues and suddenly they're, to all intents and purposes from their point of view, thrown out the door. It's almost, the way, the way I've kind of been viewing it with talking to clients, it's akin to sick leave in a way, in that you've got to keep people in touch, you've got to keep people knowing that they're not jettisoned from the business, that they still matter, that you're still thinking about them. And I don't think that's too, too touchy daily. I think that's the bare minimum we can do, isn't it? Yes, and actually, let me share something that I think is very important, and we... Um, um, advocate that employers that do need to furlough staff use this messaging. Yeah. Um, so of course you can use the messaging that you know we can no longer your work can no longer be performed at this crisis. So um, and we can't afford to pay you. So we've got to furlough you. I think that's just being honest. Yeah. But but the the way I would encourage employers to position the the the, the furlough decision with those who are furloughed is you know at this time. Taking this furlough is the best thing you can do to support both your colleagues and this organization. So this is your contribution to helping us stay sustainable and to keep yourself and your colleagues in work. And thank you for helping us in this way. And I yeah. think if you position it that way, yeah. it's a much more positive um, and humane, uh, uh, and it's true, right? Yeah. A yeah. humane way of describing it. That's what, a brilliant point, yeah. Yeah, I think one thing, we're, we're suggesting the following to our clients. Tell us if you think there's any merit to this or whether it's just a bit, a bit silly or over the top. So we're, we're suggesting to clients when you've got people who've been furloughed or even people who are, who are working from, from home, and, and obviously for our listeners, that is two very different things, but the result is geographically you're both still at home is perhaps having things like um, virtual pub quizzes or virtual, you know, uh, maybe a drink at five o'clock on a, on a Friday or virtual team meetings so that, but even the furloughed people who can't be working, those kind of virtual social elements once a week or so, we, we're suggesting those might have value. What do you think? I agree with that. And it's part of um, what you should do to be, uh, virtually visible and do best practice in working remotely or working from home is build in those moments of fun yeah. uh, because you know we all have those moments of fun at work um, where we just you know have a chat or the water cooler conversation or whatever um, you know or going uh, in, the, in the old world going um, out having a drink or just having a laugh at lunch we need to build those in so I've been at fun at work since at least 2007. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We do need to build those in. It can be wearing silly hats. It can be sharing pictures of pets and voting on who's the best one. Yeah. Um, or, you know, the, the, and, and, you know, it can be uh, pub quizzes, um, Pilates or yoga classes. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. All sorts of things um, that you can do with your colleagues to bond. And, 
Um, you know, it can be background competitions. That's a little bit of what you guys have going on, have going on. Um, I'm still confident in my bedroom. I think that that's a uh, virtual bedroom. Paradise. Sam's, Sam's actually on a beach somewhere, but yeah, virtual background of his bedroom. I, mean, I think actually, do you know what? That's a point that I hadn't actually considered, which I think is a, is a really important one, especially at the lockdown because of the, I'll say this as, 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 as my own view, the actions of a few selfish idiots when it gets sunny, um, I, 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 I could see us heading towards a complete lockdown. I think in, in somewhere in France there, there's Spain. a Paris, we're not allowed out for exercise during the day. Yeah, and I, I think, think Spain's particularly severe as well, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's Spain. And, and I should say for this, I know there's people who live in flats and don't have a garden, and I get all of, all of that. I'm not suggesting those people don't exercise. It's the travelling to the deals to exercise that, that, that irritated me. But anyway, I'm rambling. I think the point that you suggested on there about having setting up virtual exercise classes and you're keeping people's spirits up with with team exercise you're not even have to your cameras on so your colleague wouldn't see you as i would be a, a fat sweaty mess on the, on the floor and nor indeed would they want to see me um, um but Please I think that's a really that's a really valuable point that we haven't considered and i think is is worth it's not don't, i suppose the, the key is making sure we don't encourage people to, to resort to a booze culture. There's so many other ways that people can keep in touch. Well, actually, mental health, you know, exercise boosts mental health, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's really important that we exercise, and it is absolutely possible to exercise in your home, even before yeah. COVID. Um, you know, I have, we were exercising with a personal trainer in our home, just using, um, you know, gym, like weights and mats, um, and it's perfectly doable. Um, you know, on the living room floor. And now actually we're just doing that virtually. And at CMI, we have had virtual Pilates classes. My daughter's company, they have virtual yoga classes conducted by an employee who's also a yoga instructor. So these things are very important and they're really good for mental health. And, and, and you know, as you say, it's not just resorting to um, the, the, the pub culture. Absolutely. Although so, that's obviously, uh, as I understand, you know, the booze sales are booming. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's largely down to, to the three of us. Uh, um, so, so I think is I think that's been that's been absolutely um, brilliant. We know you're incredibly busy, and you've got um, you've got numerous other meetings to do today. Is there anything else, any final word you'd like to to say to our listeners that 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 you think would would um, would help them through this crisis? Well, I just think um, stay strong. I think that's important. And uh, we, we did uh, discuss what's a good motto for this crisis um, because keep calm and carry on isn't necessarily the right motto here. Now, we don't want people, it's not like we want people to panic and stop. That would also not be. <laughs> uh, but, but when, when I asked um, uh, one of our experts in crisis management, the uh, CEO of the Royal Air Force training, what he felt the motto would be, he said, actually for this crisis, it's, it's learn, earn, and return was yeah. the phrase he used. So learn to cope with all of the new things that you have to do. Earn the respect of your colleagues and those you work with for how you're doing that, and then return back to those colleagues by coming through this crisis as an even better leader and manager. Um, and I thought that's a really nice um, aspiration to have. 
So I'll leave you with that. I think I think that is nice, and it's nice. It's nice to hear some um, positivity. I think, understandably, in the first couple of weeks, there was doom and gloom, and I understand why there would still be some doom and gloom around. But it's important, I suppose, as leaders, to find a positive path through all of this. And and you've certainly done that with your top tips and your view today. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to to come and to, to speak to us three idiots. It's been very much appreciated. Thank you, Anne. You're welcome. Thank, yeah, thank you. you, Anne. Thank you, Anne. Bye. Bye. Bye.